Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Heat Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz. This is the voice of the New World Order. N-W-O. And Neil Furman's secrets of WCW Nitro. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report. My man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy. How about yourself? Doing good, man. Can't complain. We're just a few days away from premiere week for Monday Night Raw, the season premiere, whatever that means. Uh, SmackDown going to Fox officially next Friday. Mm-hmm. NXT two hours now on USA going up against AEW Dynamite on TNT. So next week, brother, it's going to be a lot of wrestling. A lot of hours. Um, I don't think I'm going to watch everything. You know, maybe you. I'm not too sure. I might have to DVR a couple of things, but it's going to be a pretty long week next week. Yeah, a very long week, but an exciting week. Uh, like you said, Raw Monday, season premiere, like you said, whatever the hell that means. NXT <laughs> going head-to-head of the AEW on Wednesday night. SmackDown Fox premiere. And then let's not forget about Hell in the Cell the following Sunday, too. So there's a lot going on next week. It's going to be a stacked week, but uh, yeah, I don't think I can watch AEW and NXT head to head. I'll have to watch, or at the at the same time, I'll probably watch AEW first, just because mm-hmm. it's the first ever show, and NXT should be a great show too. So if you were to tune into that ahead of AEW, I wouldn't blame you, but I'll probably watch that either a little later on in the night or just the next day or something. Wow, Graham going full heel, gonna watch AEW before NXT. Wow. Hey, wow. it might be one of those things <laughs> where you're asking yourself. I mean, maybe I don't want to get too ahead of myself here, but I. I, I want it to be one of those things, hopefully, where you ask yourself 5, 10, 15 years down the road, where mm. were you when the first episode of AEW Dynamite aired, you know? Yeah. Hopefully. You know, hopefully it's one of those things like where we all asked ourselves that with Nitro, even though I wasn't around back then. But you know what I'm saying? More people would be like, right. oh, you know, I watched that first episode of Nitro and then it took off. And so hopefully Dynamite can have similar success. But uh, that, that, that's why I'm watching it live, if only for the historic value on mm. Wednesday night. Wow, Grant would, would uh, rather see uh, MJF, Brandon Cutler, <laughs> than Adam Cole, Matt Riddle. Wow, I'm shocked. <laughs> Fuck those indie guys in NXT. I've turned full heel in NXT. Listen, man, I have no idea who who Brandon Cutler is, but I guess I'll find out on Wednesday. Um, all right, man, so we got that to talk about. Uh, where do I start? So the final SmackDown on USA aired uh, on Tuesday. Uh, I think it was on... Friday, uh, the Tuesday SmackDown Live, I think was on the air for what three years, just about, right? Yeah, three years from when they first went live with the draft in mm-hmm. July of 2016 up until now. So yeah, just over three years. So, are there any like big key monumental moments in that three year time frame? I know um, either you or somebody was doing like you know the best I think matter of fact I think it was you um like the best champions uh um during that time yes. frame so yeah. you had Kofi Daniel Bryan you, you you missed out on Orton Dean Ambrose stuff like that but overall from a, a, a big moment uh kind of perspective what do you take away from Smackdown Live's time on USA on Tuesday and the big moments uh during that time 
Well, I think more importantly than anything else, when they took it to Tuesdays and went live for the first time with SmackDown every single week, is prior to that point, it's really amazing because in the 17 years that SmackDown was on the air, not for any you know real stretch of time, was it live every single week? Like even back when it first started in 99, unless I'm mistaken, it was always taped on Tuesdays and then it aired on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, aired Thursday, Fridays for so many years before finally going to Tuesdays, which was a real risk because you have a three-hour pay-per-view, a four hour paper even a five hour paper if you want a sunday with a wrestlemania and then you have a three hour raw on a monday and then another two hour smackdown on a tuesday but i would really say that smackdown finally found its footing on tuesdays and became a really a brand in and of itself um for the first time in a long time i think for the first time since maybe the early days of the brand split in 2002 when smackdown was really on fire at that point and it, it had identified itself as you know, either on the level of Raw or better than Raw in the ratings, quality-wise. And, uh, you know, before the brand extension, we might complain about SmackDown now and not much happened, blah, blah, blah. Uh I would say that's really an issue of the wild card rule and stuff like that. I mean, not every moment of SmackDown Live on Tuesdays you know, has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we had Ginger Mahal as champion for six months a couple oh, years on. ago. Like not everything, and I got to get my Ginger Mahal dig in there. <laughs> yeah, I know, not everything I on know. SmackDown Live has been great for the last three years. But I would say though, um, you know, at least for the first, I would say year or so from when they first went live up until maybe right around WrestleMania 33, when you had guys like that core group, like the SmackDown six of AJ Styles, John Cena, The Miz, Uh, Daniel Bryan is GM, AJ Styles, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton. Those guys were fucking killing it. And Ambrose. Uh, Dolph Ziggler. What'd you say? And uh, Dean Ambrose too, right? Dean Ambrose. Yeah, I thought I mentioned Dean Ambrose. But yeah, Dean Ambrose too. Um, All those guys were fucking killing it. Even the women, the tag team division was good. They were doing a lot of things right. Like I remember you and I were reviewing that show at that point. And we were like, wow, this show is really, really good. Their pay-per-views were off the the charts. They were great. Um, Some of the best pay-per-views WWE has produced in years and years and years. Um, They kind of lost that a little bit after WrestleMania 33 when they brought in Jinder and put the belt on him and, you know, kind of got watered down a little bit. They reclaimed some of that steam like in 2018 when they had nakamura on the show and aj and brian and it was kind of like the wrestling show again but overall though smackdown is far more you know must see and newsworthy and you know whatever just must watch than it was even three or four years ago because before they went live the show was really raw light and no one watched the show smackdown was a complete waste of two hours but in you know in the last three years it's become a must-see show which is great with aj on top mm-hmm. you know dean ambrose when they first went live aj i thought was the best he was mr smackdown for those three years up until he went to raw earlier this year and at that point it didn't really matter because the wild card rule was established soon after right um he was the guy who really made smackdown what it was in addition to you know, Roman got added late, 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 but Daniel Bryan, Nakamura, I would say, are the you know, the top echelon guys on SmackDown, um, and a few others as well. Dean Ambrose, for as long as he was there. The Miz, absolutely, for that first year and when he was there this past year, too. Um, but yeah, SmackDown has become really, really good on USA. Hopefully, they can kind of carry that momentum over to Fox when they move there next Friday. Yeah, I think for me, man, uh, you know, when they, when they first went uh, to Tuesdays and live, I know me, me and you done shows where we said, hey, SmackDown is better than Raw. Like, not for one week, two weeks, like a couple weeks weeks in a row. Uh, they had that first draft, and the roster was, was pretty much a, a, a little bit better than Raw. And I think 
I wouldn't say the downfall, but what things you know when things started to, started to to change was when they when they when they first did the um the the thing at the WrestleMania and they they, they started switching people over. So like when Bray Wyatt and, and the Miz were on SmackDown killing it. And then they got moved to Raw, and I'm like, oh, why would you, why would you do that? Like, yeah, it just, yeah that was the turning point. And Ambrose yeah. too, and, and and Ambrose too. It's like those guys did not need to be on Raw, and I forgot who went to SmackDown from Raw. And you know, we sat here and did, and did shows where we said the SmackDown pay per views, like Backlash and No Mercy, were better than whatever Raw was doing. So I mean, mm-hmm. SmackDown, you know, did have his time on, on for me on top, but um. I think it, it's going to be so interesting once they start on Fox on on on, on the fourth. Um, but I got to ask you, from what you've seen for SmackDown in 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 its entirety, I know we did. I know we mentioned it before, uh, but just want to reiterate: uh, if you could pin down the Mount Rushmore of SmackDown wrestlers, I think it would mm-hmm. be The Rock, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, we'll we'll give your give your four and then I'll then I'll I, give my thoughts. I think it would be The Rock because he's the one that came up with the fucking name of the show. Um <laughs> Taker. Okay. Uh Batista mm-hmm. and Edge. Okay. So I'm not sure if anybody after that era that you might try to slide in like a John Cena, like a Daniel Bryan, like a AJ Styles. Uh, there, there is an argument to be made, but I think from the for the longevity uh, the impact moments. Uh, I think the Rock Taker Edge and, and and Batista could be the Mount Rushmore of SmackDown. Who do you have? Yeah, that's a solid four. Um, I would. Ab- I mean, I think we've been over this before, but I mean, yeah. it's always changing. Um, absolutely, Edge, one hundred percent. But the thing is, you got to consider that Smack. Uh, I mean, it might be a little different. I was going to say you got to consider that the time that Edge had on top on SmackDown from like 07 to twenty ten mm-hmm. was literally the same amount of time that AJ had on SmackDown. Um, his impact might have been a little bigger just because I can't really think of who else was on top on SmackDown from 07 to twenty ten, aside from just Batista. But even he left at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, Rey Mysterio, but he was never like a top top guy over there. So I think he would be like a tier below. Right. Eddie Guerrero got to throw out an honorable mention for him. He had some great moments on SmackDown early on after the brand split, and then like obviously when he became WWE champion, his last great run was there before he passed away. He was a SmackDown guy through and through from 02 to 05. Um, but I don't know if I would put him in the in the four though. The Rock, I'm willing to excuse. I know he came up with the name for the show, uh-huh. and he was on the show, you know, more often than not for the first two years before he took time off and obviously retired soon after, or uh, you know, left for Hollywood. I don't think he had much of an impact on the show, as much of an impact as a guy like an AJ Styles, who, like we, I just got done talking about this. I think he made SmackDown what it was. Without AJ Styles, SmackDown would not have been the A show, quality-wise, overall, for the past three years. Um, I think AJ was the heart and soul of that show for so long. I, I got to give him a mention. So I would put AJ in there. Um, Batista... Yeah, I would put, yeah, Batista, Edge, and then probably Taker. So I would probably only replace your rock with AJ Styles. Um, But yeah, Taker was there. I don't think people talk enough about his impact on that show. I mean, he wasn't drafted there initially. Interestingly enough, he actually was drafted to Raw, and then he moved to SmackDown soon after, like later on in 2002. Um, But he was there from like... 
you know, 02 up until he became a part-timer in 2010. That's like eight years right there. Um, so Taker's absolutely got to be on there. You can also make a case for Kurt Angle, who debuted there or was a part of SmackDown early on and was practically there for the most part up until he left WWE in 05-06. And then Lesnar, too, is another honorable mention because he was, again, the heart and soul of SmackDown from 02 to 04. But was he there long enough to justify him being like a Mount Rushmore top four? It's hard to say. But again, my top four, I would probably do the same guys that you did, just replace Rock with AJ Styles. Uh, man, I don't know, uh, Graham. I don't know about that one. Uh, I'm looking. I'm trying to see how long The Rock was on SmackDown for. Um, I know they started in 99. Um, then the first ever draft lottery was in 02. was in 02, and The Rock was the number one pick going to SmackDown. So I would say The Rock was on SmackDown for a good four to five years. Um, well, he was well. He was drafted as SmackDown, but you got to remember too, like right after that in 02. So he was drafted to SmackDown, mm-hmm. and then he took time off to go film something, either right. the, not the Scorpion King, but some other movie. And then when he came back, like that summer, um, I'm pretty sure he came back to Raw because I'm, I'm pretty sure because Stone Cold had just quit. So Rock went to Raw. So even by that point, they were already blurring the lines of the fucking brand split. Like, they were doing the wild card roll in 2002. But The Rock was on Raw at that point. And he won the championship. And then he left again after SummerSlam after he lost to Brock. And then he had another run, I think, on Raw when he came back as Hollywood Rock. He was definitely on Raw for that. I don't think he was ever on SmackDown. But, uh, yeah, I don't really count that just because he was barely around from 02 to 03. And he wasn't really there for the most part. Um, and he was kind of like a Raw guy. But I, I, w- I would argue yes in the sense that he created the show, the name of the show, and then was there from 99 to 01. But everyone was on SmackDown at that point. You know, like Booker T was there all the time. Triple H, Stone Cold was even on SmackDown at that point. So you can kind of make a case for any one of those guys. But that, that's why I would mm. that's why I would take out The Rock and put in someone more like a Brock or an AJ or a Kurt. Um, but, I mean, putting The Rock in there is not a, you know, it's, it's not like you're saying fucking again gender mahal or some shit like again i gotta throw another dig agenda i know um, it's a very valid choice um the rock returned to smackdown january of 03 uh they wanted a part two with him and hogan on no way out then that's when he started he started doing the the rock concerts um then he went on Raw later on for a Rock Appreciation Night. Then that's where him and Goldberg went at it uh, for the Backlash. And then that's when he dipped out and came back in 04 at WrestleMania 20. Um, so for the record, Graham, you know I got to put you on a spot. Are you saying that AJ Styles' tenure on SmackDown was a bigger impact than The Rock on SmackDown? Or... I think just to clarify, why would you put AJ above the rock as far as like a Mount Rushmore for SmackDown? I'm going to get obliterated for this answer because yes. I'm not saying yes. that AJ is better than the rock. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> I mean, in the ring, obviously, but like otherwise, obviously not. Um, I'm saying AJ because SmackDown, Ooh. it wasn't really about the rock, though. When, when they came up with the show 20 years ago, it really wasn't like the rock show. Like, The Rock was on the show, but so was Stone Cold. It was really just an extension of what was going on at Raw, on Raw at that point. So it wasn't, like, all about The Rock. If you're talking the full—I mean, again, 20 years is a long time. 
And I know AJ's only been on the show for three of those years. But I would say without AJ again, I don't think SmackDown would have reached the heights that it did in 2016 up until now. I don't think it would have been as big of a success as it has been. You know, ratings-wise, they were going head-to-head with Raw for a while in 2016. There were times where SmackDown beat Raw in the ratings. And obviously, that's also a case of Raw's ratings being in the fucking shitter because the ratings have been in the dump for a while now. Uh But the show is great. And without AJ, if he wasn't in the title picture, he was always doing something of note, whether it was feuding with Shane McMahon of all people, who made a Shane McMahon feud entertaining back two years ago. Before this Kevin Owens nonsense, we had Shane and AJ, which was great. You know, he was in the U.S. title picture for a while um, in 2017. Held the championship for another year from uh, 2017 to 2018. Got good matches out of, again, Shane McMahon, Jinder Mahal, Baron Corbin. The guy's a fucking miracle worker. Um, Then he had also really good matches over those three years with uh, John Cena, Shinsuke Nakamura, Dean Ambrose. He was able to get some great matches out of him in late 2016. Um, You know, Samoa Joe and a lot of other people. Randy Orton earlier this year before leaving for Raw. So he's, I think, again, I feel like he has been the heart and soul of smackdown without i think without aj for the last three years on smackdown it would not have done as well as it did smackdown that is and aj too i think aj if he went to raw in that initial draft i think he would have flown under the radar and would not have been as big of a star as he did he was basically what edge was to smackdown 10 years ago and that edge when he left from raw to smackdown he was on raw for you know the better part of his career aside from like 0203 when he you know 02 anyway when he first got drafted there um, you know, he won the world, his first world championship on Raw, but he was always going to be overshadowed by the John Cena's and the Shawn Michaels and the Triple H's and people like that. Mm-hmm. So he had to go to SmackDown and he won the world title like fucking 10 times over on that show. Uh, had some great feuds with Batista and Taker and so many other people, Rey Mysterio. Um, the Rock, I feel like The Rock wasn't on SmackDown from 99 to 01 it wouldn't have made as big of a difference as AJ would if he wasn't on SmackDown from 2016 to 2019. <sighs> Just want to make sure that it wasn't me that said it. It was Graham Matthews who said AJ <laughs> and, uh, over the rock. Clip on social media, <laughs> I'm going to get obliterated. But I can't we're, wait. We're pretty solid on Taker, Edge, and Batista then, right? Yeah, I think I think those three guys have um, absolutely, absolutely um, been the biggest superstars in SmackDown history. Taker, again, I think is probably the biggest because he was yeah. there for so long. But Edge and Batista, although they weren't there that long, because Batista, again, you got to remember, he took the reins from John Cena. When Cena was just taken off, he went to Raw. Batista took over in 05. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was only there from, you know, you got to remember too, a lot of the time Batista was hurt because he was injury, por- uh, injury prone as shit back then. Um, but, you know, 05, it was Batista's show. 06, for the most part, you know, when King Booker took the reins, it was never really the same, or, Mm -hmm. you know, even Rey Mysterio and a few others. You know, Batista took over um, later on in 06. 07, Batista's show through and through, in addition to Edge. And then 08, he got drafted, went back to SmackDown in 09 before he left in 2010. That was when he became heel Batista. And that great heel Batista run Mm -hmm. happened on SmackDown from late 09 to early 2010. So that's that's worthy of a shout-out as well. Yeah, man. I'm trying to think about a feud. Uh, the, the, the Shawn Michaels-Jericho feud, that was a SmackDown thing, or that was just like an overall that a feud that, that led into SmackDown? With the Batista Cena thing? No, the, the Shawn Michaels-Jericho. Oh, no. Shawn Michaels-Jericho was always on Raw. I mean, I think... Yeah, and I think they were always on Raw. Yeah, that was a Raw feud. Okay, all right. Yeah. 
Um, but at, at that point, Taker and Trip or uh, Taker and Edge was going on though. I think yeah. that's another thing too. It's like with you know Cena and Punk years ago back in 2011. As right. great as that feud was, I think people forget that Orton and Christian, Randy Orton and Christian was going on at that point, and they were having some amazing matches over on SmackDown. That, I would say, is the same thing for in 08, a few years earlier, when Michaels and Jericho were having their amazing feud on Raw, one of the best in years. You also had over on SmackDown, Edge and Taker, who were having great matches. Yeah. And that, if nothing else, really solidified Edge as a main eventer. Main eventing WrestleMania with Taker, beating him for the world title, banishing him from the brand for a while. That was really what, you know, put SmackDown on the map at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep me in line with SmackDown being on Fox. So, uh, made official that they're adding a new show on FS1 called Backstage with uh, Renee and Booker T beginning November 5th, Tuesday nights at around 11 p.m. Eastern. So, that's official now. I know we, I know we mentioned it earlier, but um, that also go- coincides with new... Uh, officially new announced teams for SmackDown, Raw, and NXT also read that the Dish Network dropped Fox and FS1 in those in those channels. Um, so that might pl- you know play a factor in, into the ratings for for the company for SmackDown on, on Fridays. But uh, new FS1 show officially called Backstage. I will be remiss if I don't say that that talking smack with the was also a big moment for SmackDown on on Tuesdays as well. Uh, so, what do you make of backstage, Renee Booker? I read somewhere that it was down to Booker, Edge, Christian, a whole bunch of people to be considered. But the going with uh, with Renee and Booker uh, Tuesday nights beginning no- November fifth. What do you make of that? Yeah, I think we talked about this either last week or the week before in that. Um, I mean, this has been in the talks for this has been in the works for so long now. This is hardly a surprise, but it's finally official. Like you said, November 5th debuting with Renee Young as the host and uh, Booker T hosting as well. Looking forward to it. I mean, I guess they want programming on every single day of the week, at least Monday through Friday, because um, they have raw Mondays. This show now on Tuesdays, um, they didn't have anything before on Tuesdays with SmackDown moving to Fridays. So they put that on Tuesday nights. I'll be at 11 p.m. That's a little fucking late, but whatever. That's not that big of a deal. Uh, come on, Grand. They had WrestleMania till like damn near midnight. What are you talking about? Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's, at least that's once a year, though. I don't, I'll probably just watch this on Wednesday mornings. Uh, um, but yeah, so that's going on on Tuesday nights. NXT, obviously, Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Thursdays, they're moving NXT UK from Wednesday to Thursday afternoons. And then Friday, obviously, SmackDown. So I don't know where 205 Live fits any of this. They're probably going to scrap that or move it, I don't know, to a different day or something. Mm. But um, anyway, yeah, I think it's a cool concept. If it's anything like Talking Smack, it should be a great show. Now, it's going to be live, which is good. Oh, it um, is. Okay, ta- okay. Talking, I think I'm pretty sure it's a live studio show from Los Angeles, and um, How long? It, you know, Talking Smack towards the end was not live anymore. They made it taped, right? Uh, you know, because they, they had 205 Live going on at that point, so that's when they made it a tape show after 205 Live. Um, but this should be good. I mean, obviously, you won't have Daniel Bryan taking shots of the company or mentioning TNA and shit like that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But Booker T should be a fine person for that role. Um, and yeah, I mean, hopefully they, I mean, it was interesting. I read the press release on WWE.com and Renee Young, whether she said this or not, they usually include fake quotes in their articles, but you know, it, she was quoted as saying, oh, it's a show for the wrestling fans, the casual fans, the hardcore fans. It's a show all about wrestling. And I'm like, well, that's weird wording to use. Cause like the word wrestling is like such a, 
it's, it's like a dirty word in WWE. You never hear people say that, whether it be on TV, in articles like this. They never actually mention the word wrestling, unless you're Dolph Ziggler. He's the only person I can remember in recent memory saying the word wrestling. Um, so I thought that was interesting. So hopefully they can make it more maybe not a shoot, but like what Confidential was years ago or what Talking Smack became in 2016. Um, I think that'd be really exciting. Um, so hopefully they can make use of it. I, I think it might be one of those things where they really care about it in the beginning and then they'll mm-hmm. lose either interest or focus or sight of it, whatever. Right. And then it'll become just another waste of an hour on TV. Hopefully they can maintain momentum. And I think Renee Young is perfect at stuff like mm-hmm. this. Commentary, God bless her. She's done her best, but <laughs> it was never the right role for for her and i'm glad they kept her as long as they did just to, you know it's not like they put her on there for two weeks and she sucked and they took her off you know mm. at least they gave her time to improve yeah she didn't really but part of that isn't really her fault because these commentators are so overproduced that it's hard to blame her um but she's always thrived as an interviewer um you know pre-show panelist analyst you know host of shit like this so i think she'll do great in the show should be entertaining at least for the first few weeks or months or so um one thing that I don't know that they didn't put. Um, we don't know if it's going to be like a half hour or, or, or an hour show. So they did not make note of that. Number two, a preview will air on FS1 following game three of the ALCS on FS1. And I'm reading that the show will be pre-taped under the direction of Fox, not WWE. Well, that might be good. Hopefully, that means that they'll actually take the show seriously, which is uh, which is encouraging to hear. So, hopefully, that remains the case, and you know, Vince doesn't get his hands on it and ruin it, you know, somehow. So, you think? It, do you think it's more like, like, um, what's well, weird because it's Tuesday, so they can't cover the SmackDown. I mean, they probably cover the SmackDown prior, but do you think it's more like a weekly recap or more like, uh, them trying to? Uh, create stories on there or have you know wrestlers come on do a sit down like how do you think the how do you think Fox is going to take that take that direction I think both Um, I think it might be more of a you know I would love for this show to be exactly what you just mentioned where they bring in superstars Mm -hmm. and they sit them down and they just you know talk to them for half an hour you know they did the same thing on Talking Smack where I know that was kind of like a recap show with what happened on Smackdown but they would review Smackdown they would preview the next week with what was advertised for the following week but they would bring in someone like a Baron Corbin who you know I was always high on anyway but I thought he really took a turning point after he was on Talking Smack they sat him down for like 15 minutes you got a gist of who he was what he was all about just being an asshole it was great it was awesome and that was really what kind of took him to wwe championship status there for a while in late 2016 early 2017 was because of i think of that promo that he cut on talking smack um and the miz obviously same thing you know many years ago so um yeah hopefully it's something more along those lines where they bring people in i mean i assume they're obviously going to be talking in storyline but hopefully they can break down those barriers if only a little bit i mean it's called wwe backstage so i would imagine that they might pull the curtain back a little bit hope so yeah which which you know which they do enough of anyway um but i think they could do a little bit more of that on the show bring people in for sit down interviews get to know some of the superstars a little better because for as much television time as they have, they have such a big fucking roster. You're not going to get to know everyone on the show in those two or three hours. 
like they need shows like this, I think, to really establish certain stars, which I think is cool. So hopefully they can kind of take that approach and not like, oh, here's what happened on Raw last night. Like, no shit, we all watch the show. Like, I don't really need stuff like that. I don't think they will. Because, um, again, like you said, they can't really review SmackDown because it's on a Tuesday and even not even NXT. So I assume it's going to be more like, for example, say today's Tuesday. Yesterday was Monday. I would assume they would bring up like, hey, there's reports coming in. There's rumors of John Morrison resigning with WWE. Here's what we know about it. Like stuff like that. I could see them doing okay. that because they've done stuff like that before because I think a lot of people forget before AJ signed with WWE 20, uh, in early 2016, there was a report on .com, on WWE.com that said, oh, AJ Styles, is he coming to WWE? It's a big rumor right now. Like I was very surprised to see them acknowledge that. Shinsuke mm-hmm. 2 and Gallows and Anderson, they could do stuff like that on that show. So that's... That's what I would like to see him do, and hopefully it won't be just you know complete character shit or like main event 2.0 where they just air recaps from Raw. Like that'd yeah. be a complete waste of time. Well, according to Bleacher Report, it says it will break down the latest news and feature a rotating panel of guests, including current and former superstars. Yeah, I like that idea. I know they've auditioned. I don't know if it was in that article or if I read this somewhere else, but I know they brought in. Page to audition and Rey Mysterio too, who I think obviously lives in the area in California. So Paige, I could see becoming more of a regular on that show just because she has no set role right now on TV, aside from being the manager for Asuka and Kyrie. But mm-hmm. that, that, that never, that went nowhere and they should split them up next week or in the draft anyway. So they should put yeah. her on that show. Um, I could see people like Christian being brought in. I know he was rumored at one point edge, you know, people like that, maybe an occasional stone cold to sit down and talk to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the usual, recurring panel of guests like a Mick Foley you have to know it's going to be on there at some point people like that which is cool you know keep the thing fresh and keep people you know tuning in to see different faces yeah I think they should add some sort of you know realism is just have Brock come on one day and, and just talk wild shit about something or somebody like just like oh man mm-hmm. is that really real is, is that scripted like oh you know plus like promoting you know what's gonna happen on on, on Friday for for that SmackDown, but Brock comes in, talks shit about something, and like, oh, okay, so this is what's going on now. Like, I don't mm. know how far they're gonna take it, but uh, I like it. It, it. Again, it's something um, added new to the fray of what we're gonna be seeing for the next couple of months and, and years. So, uh, I mentioned the new announced team. So let me get this correct. So. Uh, again, officially, Monday Night Raw will have Vic Joseph, Jerry Lawler, and Dio Madden, SmackDown, Michael Cole, Corey Graves. No surprise because that's like the, the A show now. Uh, Renee Young could also be as a special contributor to SmackDown. NXT gets uh, Mauro Ronaldo, Beth Phoenix, and Nigel McGinnis. So a lot of people on Twitter were mad that, you know, you know, Byron Saxton and Tom Phillips were nowhere to be found as far as a commentating team. I read that Tom Phillips is going to have some sort of producer role. Not sure about Saxton. So uh, officially now, what do you make of the new announced teams and uh, for Raw, SmackDown, and NXT? And now does, does SmackDown now feel like the number one show in the company? Well, I like the moves overall. Um, I think it was absolutely needed to kind of freshen up the voices for each show. Michael Cole moving to SmackDown is interesting. I mean, obviously, personally, I would have moved him off the show altogether. I don't think he needs to be on the (laughs) show anymore. He's been the voice of WWE now for 20 years between his time on SmackDown. He's been around as long as SmackDown has been for the most part, you know, in addition to a little bit before that. But SmackDown, he called for about 10 years. He's called Raw for the last 10 years, Mm -hmm. and now he's back on SmackDown. So, 
you know, for everyone saying, you know, Jim Ross is amazing, and he is, and now he's the voice of WWE, and he likely forever will be, Michael Coles had a much longer career in WWE than Jim Ross ever did. Now, Jim Ross came in in 93, left in 2013 full-time, but even during that point, like, there was a lot, you know, Jim Ross was, uh, you know, he was brought in, he was he was fired, all this other stuff. My, Michael Cole's been there every fucking week now for 20 <laughs> years, which is crazy, which is probably a, a, a big, a, a, as much of a reason as any why people have soured on him because he's been so overexposed and he's just uh-huh. went overproduced. He's not great. But anyway, I like the teams. I like Cole and Graves on SmackDown. They have good chemistry. Um, I like the fact that it's a two-person booth on SmackDown and they have Renee Young listed as a special contributor, whatever the fuck that means. I think it's more of like a, we might bring her in occasionally to either be an interviewer or be a uh, added third guest on commentary if needed. But largely I think it will be Cole and Graves. Otherwise they would have said, you know, that Renee Young would be uh, with them on the, uh, you know, behind the booth for raw. I love Vic Joseph and, uh, uh, Dio Madden. Dio Madden's an interesting choice just because he just debuted on commentary, no joke, like two weeks ago. Um, he started calling the action on 205 Live for a cup of coffee, and now he's on Raw. So too much too soon, probably. Um, but honestly, this might be the best thing just to bring in a fresh voice because he's not used to the way – like, for example, Vic Joseph and you know people like Mauro Ranallo who are a great – I think Vic Joseph will be a great voice of Monday Night Raw. The issue is is that he's been calling shows like you know 205 Live and NXT UK for so long now that he's used to a certain way of doing things, which is good. But at the same time, it can work against him because now Vince is going to be, you know, in his ear all the time telling him how to do things, be the next Michael Cole, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it kind of waters him down a little bit. Whereas with Dio Madden, he has no experience whatsoever. Aside from 205 Live for like like two weeks, um, he's barely been around. So I think he's a guy that could really benefit from being on the Raw you know, commentary team. Hopefully he can thrive there and he can improve and get better. And he's been entertaining from what I've seen so far or what I've heard from him so far. Jerry Lawler is the only move I don't get and I'm not a fan of. Um, the guy's going to be 70 soon. It's like they don't need this guy on commentary. I read this morning, I think maybe from The Observer, that it's going to be a temporary move, hopefully. But like... Aside from that brief run that he had on SmackDown a few years ago before the uh, brand split was brought back, he was a heel alongside Mara Ronaldo, and he was great. Aside from that, this guy has been the sh- drizzling shits on commentary for the past like, 10, 15 years. He's fine as a pre-show panelist, analyst, whatever. I think that's fine. But as a commentator on Raw every week, no thanks. So hopefully they take him out of there at some point. Honestly, even Byron Saxton would be better than Jerry Lawler. Now, I'm not a big Byron guy, but he deserves more credit than he's given. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this means for Tom Phillips. Um, I think Sean Ross Sapp actually tweeted yesterday that he had heard from Fightful that um, he had, you know, he's from Fightful. He had heard yeah. from WWE that he might be in a like a producer esque role moving forward, which yeah. could mean anything. That could, he was he noted in the tweet that that could be. That could mean a variety of things, which is unfortunate because the guy's gotten really good. He's been around for so long now. He's been around since like 2012, 2013, and now he's on the back burner. He's not on Raw, not on SmackDown. He has no set role in the company, likely will not have an on-air presence anymore, which is a shame. Um, I think Mm -hmm. he's kind of become a a mini Michael Cole, but like in a good way and where I could see him taking over the you know lead role of Raw. Like Vic Joseph is great, but he's only been around for two or three years now, so I feel bad for – 
for, for Tom Phillips for taking a back seat to him. I don't know what that means for him, so I'm really uh, interested to see what becomes of his role in WWE. But overall, though, I like the changes. Again, they were needed. They were necessary. Does this make SmackDown the better show in terms of commentary? I mean, we'll see. I mean, I don't think they would put Michael Cole on the show for no reason, so I like that. But, um, yeah, I like the fact that it's Graves and Cole on SmackDown. Hopefully that gives it more of a big fight feel because they are – I mean, probably two of the better commentators they have on the main roster. I know people hate Cole, but, um, you know, he, he's he's been around for so long. He has credibility. And Corey Graves, I think, is one of the better guys they have there. So we'll see how they do. But uh, I'm liking the changes so far. Let me ask you this. Um, are you still shocked or kind of trying to understand? I know there's money and numbers involved and stuff like that. But are you, are, are you still kind of shocked that? It's SmackDown going to Fox and not Monday Night Raw or both Raw and SmackDown being on Fox? Hmm. I mean, it, it, I mean, obviously, it's all a matter of what they really... I think with Fox, because it's such a bigger network, they're going to want to make it... Like It becomes a question of will they make SmackDown the A show now that it's on, I would say, a bigger network than Raw, that being USA. And USA is still a very good platform, mm-hmm. but... It is weird that Raw is not on Fox and SmackDown is just because Raw's their baby. But I've heard from so many people like, oh, they're going to try to make SmackDown the A show. Dude, I've heard that so many fucking times over the last 10, 15 years now. Like, they've said that how many times between when they brought in the brand split the first time. And again, SmackDown has been better than Raw quality wise more often than not over the last 10, 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. But in terms of how they present the show, yeah, they may make it out to be the A show over Raw for like a week or two. But after this premiere week, it's going to go right back to being their, you know, their second favorite behind Raw. Raw is their baby. At least when I say there, I mean Vince McMahon's baby. So mm. I don't think that'll ever change, despite the fact they're on, whether it's USA or Sci-Fi or Fox, it doesn't really matter. Um, I am surprised that SmackDown's on the bigger network than Raw. But I guess that's just because USA really, like, they pay top dollar to get Raw and Fox pay top dollar to get SmackDown. So hopefully the rumors are true and they can, um, you know, make SmackDown, they can give it more of a sports feel. I know that was the rumor when it first, you know, um, got bought by Fox about a year and a half ago that it would become more of a sports-oriented show, unlike Raw. So hopefully that becomes the case. But, um, you know, hopefully they can continue to cross-promote even though they are on different networks now. And, you know, for, for a long time, both Raw and SmackDown have been under the NBC umbrella with, uh, you know, Sci-Fi was owned by NBC, USA, obviously. Mm-hmm. So they can promote both shows. I don't know if they can really do that much anymore, but if you have a brand split, it doesn't really matter because you're not going to be promoting SmackDown matches on Raw anyway. So hopefully it works out, but I, I don't think... Um, I was just thinking about this yesterday. I don't think SmackDown will become a bigger deal than Raw just because it's on Fox. Um, I think, you know, hopefully it will be. I mean, I, w- I would love for it to be their new, like, A show. But it's been so long now that I feel like if it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. Yeah, I mean, or the fact that, you know, Fox just couldn't fit Monday Night Raw on Monday. I, I don't know what schedule what schedule show they have on Monday nights. Maybe 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 they just say, "Hey, we 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 got more openings on Friday. I can put SmackDown there. I can't put Monday Night Raw on on, on Mondays on 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 my network. So maybe it, maybe it came down to that." Yeah, there's a very good possibility of that happening too. I don't know with the air. I mean, Fox is sports and shit like that. I don't know. I mean, Fox is a big network. They're not going to just become all wrestling. Like I know they have the FS1 show and now this and now SmackDown, but you know they're two different channels. Even though they're kind of both owned by Fox, obviously. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, no, I don't really. Th- I honestly like Raw being on USA though, just because it's been there for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I think it's the best of both worlds because you get smacked on a different network. That's a big network. It's not a step down. It's not like they're going back to Sci-Fi or some shit like that. I'm surprised <laughs> they were there for that long, just because USA should have been the obvious choice from the get-go. Yeah. Um, I've always liked Raw and SmackDown being on the same network because it gives that cross promotion there. I think that was, that's been great over the last four or five years. Um, but at the end of the day, though. When it comes to uh, SmackDown moving to Fox, hopefully it means bigger and better things for the show. And if the ratings only go down, which I'd be surprised if they did, then hopefully they can go back to you know USA at some point. But yeah, it could be a very. It, there's a very good chance it came down to hey, we have other programming on Mondays. That's a prime time for us. We would, uh, you know, what I mean. I'm surprised it's not on Thursdays, to be honest with you, SmackDown. But they probably have other shows on Thursdays. That's why they're putting it on Fridays. Right. I think Fridays are a terrible night for wrestling. I really do. Um, I think it might get still good ratings, but I know they were on SmackDown. Or they were on Fridays for like 10 years. But like Thursdays are way better, way better. And they have no current shows on Thursdays, so that would work. But I think Fox likely has some sort of a lineup where they're like, hey, we want SmackDown, but not that bad to put it on Thursdays. We'll put right. it on Fridays where it's still a good night, but not as good as like a Tuesdays or a Thursdays. Okay, whatever. But at least it's on a bigger network, so that's good. Um. All right, so you got to give me a minute because I'm going to lay out this whole premiere week on Raw, NXT, SmackDown, AEW. All right, so Raw this Monday is going to have Seth and Rey Mysterio for the Universal title, um, AJ and Cedric for the U.S. title, Raw Tag Team titles, uh, Rude and Ziggler against Heavy uh, Machinery, Alexa against Sasha, Miz TV with, with uh, Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair, an appearance from Brock Lesnar. All right, so that's Monday. Then we get to uh, Wednesday. Um, NXT with Adam Cole and Matt Riddle for the NXT title. Then we have uh, Shayna Baszler, Candice LeRae for the women's NXT title, Undisputed Era, Street Profits for the tag titles, right? Yep, that's happening too. So yeah, three championship matches on Wednesday. All right. So then we then also on Wednesday, if you want to flip channels, we have um, AW on TNT, Cody against Sammy Guevara, Kenny mm-hmm. Omega and the Young Bucks against Jericho, and two partners. So we don't know who that who that might be. Um, SCU against Jurassic uh, Express, MJF, Brandon Cutler, Hangman Page, and Pac. Then we get to Friday Night SmackDown, Brock and Kofi for the world title, Kevin Owens, Shane in a ladder match, Stone Cold appearance, Goldberg, uh, Hogan, Sting, uh, Trish, Mark Henry, Rick Flair, Booker, Mick Foley, Jerry Lawler, Kurt Angle, and then we have... Another four-horsewoman tag match, Becky and Charlotte against Sasha and Bailey. So, Graham, that was a lot right there. Um, what are you more, most excited to see? I, I know you're watching AEW more than NXT on Wednesday, but what are you more intrigued about from this whole entire premiere week? Probably AEW just because it is, you know, everything about this coming week is historic. It's it's no hyperbole here. No, no, no hyperbole, not hyperbole. No hyperbole. It's likely the biggest week in recent wrestling history, like even more so than WrestleMania, because you have Raw is going to be a bit. It's really a, a glorified Raw. The season premiere shit is fucking stupid because it's not a season premiere. They don't have seasons. It's whatever. <laughs> and that's been long established. They're just calling it that. So it's like, oh, premiere week. 
okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it, at least they loaded up the show, which is cool. So you have that. NXT should be a great show. SmackDown is probably going to be the most newsworthy of them all. Uh, I mean, I could see them doing a title change or two on NXT just to make it like, hey, you should watch this over AEW. Mm. But I think, again, I would rather, as good of a show as that is, and I'm NXT through and through, I would rather be able to say, hey, I watched that first episode of AEW Dynamite Live, regardless of whether it flops or whatever um, or or does really, really well. I would love to say that I watched it live as it aired on TNT. So I'm watching that. But SmackDown should be a big show. You know, they have Lesnar in action for the first time on TV in over 15 years. Um, You know, they have all the legends on the show. Maybe John Morrison can come back on that show. That's a possibility, too, which would be cool. Um, They have the four horsewomen tag team match they don't really have a whole hell of a whole lot lined up for smackdown aside i mean i guess they had the ladder match but owens and shane who gives a shit like i'm I'm so done with that i don't really care mm-hmm. um not as much as i should anyway but um yeah so i think it will be a big week what will be like the biggest show of them all i think aew and tnt just because i think they want to make the biggest bang possible um which is cool so i'm gonna go with aew but all of these shows should be very entertaining very exciting very newsworthy and uh as wrestling fans we should just sit back and enjoy the the best uh, that we can and oh yeah and then we have hell to sell on sunday yeah, and then Hell in the Cell on Sunday. Again, I forgot. <laughs> I, I reminded you of that earlier, but then I forgot right now when you mentioned oh, all the man. other stuff. But yeah, Hell in the Cell on Sunday, too, which only Crazy. has like three currently matches advertised for it, which is ridiculous. Yeah. So Raw, NXT, AEW, SmackDown, then Hell in a Cell. Um, also, the rumors, you know, I guess we'll wait to, to see if it happens, but um, we see new music for both Raw and SmackDown. We see new graphics for Raw and SmackDown. New new uh, stage sets are, are are apparently coming. Pyro is apparently coming back. So again, we'll see uh, what happens on Raw Smack, uh, on SmackDown. But again, I think it's a total. Uh, I wouldn't say a total, but it, it, it's a big overhaul of what they've been doing. They, they, they're trying to kind of like, all right, that was yesterday. Today is a whole brand new thing. Start from scratch. New music, graphics, pyro, new set. Uh, just a whole different feel. Uh, I, I think it's about time that they, they were doing it because they were, you know, stale for quite a bit when it came to their, their production. Now, is Raw and SmackDown going to have the same set? I don't know. It could be different. I think it should be different, but that's just me. But I think just the effort of them trying to do different things to get these fans ready for apparently a, a, a big a big fucking week of, of wrestling. So um, I'm interested to see how... A- it's, it's not that AEW um, with the wrestling and the magic. I, I'm, I'm intrigued about how it's going to look. Uh, like their production value, TNT, mm-hmm. their their music, their intros, their uh, their stage and the ring and everything. I want to see like, you know, does it really get sold out? I think they're in uh, DC for for the first show. Um, so just so just the overall look is what I'm gonna be seeing as a fan. And again, me who lived through the original Monday Night War. I'm gonna be comparing of how everything looks. Uh, we've seen NXT for two weeks already on USA, um, albeit it was one hour on 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 the main network. There will there, there will be two hours for for NXT this this uh, Wednesday, um, and their rating dropped a little bit. I, I think that's kind of expected. Um, it went from 1.179 to 
zero zero six uh, million views. It's still, it's still a million people watching the program, which is still good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just for me, uh, just overall look, the atmosphere, the uh, aesthetics, and the same for SmackDown. Because SmackDown can't look the same on Fox as, as it did for USA. So something got to change with that. I, I, I'm assuming it will change. But for me, overall, just just the look of how these shows are going to be produced is what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, me too. I think I heard a rumor or read it somewhere. I know there's a Twitter account at WrestleVotes. And you got to take it with a grain of salt just because, yeah. um, I mean, and anything that reports wrestling rumors, things can change. Because they may get their information right. But... You know, at the same time, anything can change before shit happens. That being said, though, they have been pretty on point with a lot of stuff that they've reported mm-hmm. in the past. Um, they have got they got the return of King of the Ring correct before they ever announced that on Raw. They got the they, dude. They announced a week or two ago. They tweeted, I think maybe yeah, two weeks ago, that the new Raw announced team would be Vic Joseph and Dio Madden, and people were like. Dude, that's crazy. Like, why would they do that? that that's stupid. Because they're uh-huh. not even they're, they're not even on Raw or SmackDown right now. They're on 205 Live. And look at what fucking happened yesterday. They're yeah. the new Raw announced team. You know? So I, I tend to believe more or less of what they report. So they tweeted out two different things, with it, which I think is really cool. I think AEW will go all out with their presentation because they have the money. They have... You know, the Pyro, and I heard that's coming back to WWE too, per the WrestleVotes account. Yeah. Um, Pyro is coming back to WWE starting next week. Very cool to hear that first time. And I think over two years, they've had Pyro on their weekly shows. Don't know about the like specific pay-per-view sets. I think that'd be nice. It's not a necessity, but they are debuting new sets for Raw and SmackDown starting yeah. next week. I heard that as well, um, which is that. really cool. And not not the same set either. Not the same set they'll use for both shows. Great. Two totally different sets, which is great. Um, so, I mean, different doesn't always mean good. They could be terrible. They could be awful. But I think change is good more often than not. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad we're getting new sets. I hope they don't change things up too much with, like, the commentary tables. Because, you know, for as much as they've watered down Raw and SmackDown since the brand split was brought back a few years ago, one thing that always remained constant was that the Raw commentary table moved to the back of the stage, which I love. I think that's great. And they kept the SmackDown announced table by ringside. And that really differentiated, but you know, the two shows. So hopefully they yeah. can keep up with that. But, you know, the overall feel of the shows should be drastically different. Bischoff has said that for a long time now. Mm-hmm. You know, dating back long before he ever rejoined WWE, he was like, okay, if we're going to do a real brand split, and this was, you know, when they first brought it back a few years ago, he had said, the feel of the shows has to be different. Like, I need to make, they need to make it feel like you're watching two totally different programs and not an extension of Raw or an extension from SmackDown on Raw or whatever. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they do that, what the sets look like. They're debuting new themes for both Raw and SmackDown. The intro videos should be brought back starting next week. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, Legendary by Skillet uh, for Raw and then Are You Ready by ACDC for SmackDown, okay. which is cool. I like both songs. I'm a big Skillet guy, and ACDC is obviously amazing. So mm. I think that's really cool. 
And um, yeah, I mean, again, they're doing all the right things. Apparently, according to this Twitter account, they're doing all the right things. Yeah. But then again, you got to remember, they did all this same shit when they brought back the brand split three years ago. And everyone was all up in arms and it was so like in a good way, like everyone was really excited, as was I. And mm-hmm. then they stopped doing it within like a year. So hopefully they can keep a constant. But knowing WWE, you know, they'll, they'll stop it at some point. But I'll enjoy it while it lasts. And I think it will make the shows 10 times more interesting and exciting starting next week. Um, few more things before I let you go. Uh, apparently Stone Cold says he can do one more match quote unquote in theory I don't know what that means Stone Cold is 50 plus years old you know me I would um I've seen Taker fight <laughs> at 50 I've seen Sting Ric Flair Shawn Michaels Goldberg why not Stone Cold but I, I for me it has to be the right situation when you say I can come back for one more match like are you <laughs> you ain't doing no Iron Man match I know that but it's like you know when you say in theory or when he says, in theory, mm-hmm. I could do one more match. I feel good and everything. Like, how how far can you go? Um, would I love to see Stone Cold one more time? Maybe. I I, I would I would say, yeah, because, you know, when he retired, it wasn't really, you know, on his own terms. You know, the injuries and uh, they, they caught up. And I think he would just burnt out uh, at the WrestleMania 19 in 03. And he just felt like this you know that was it for me and you're talking about what that was 16 years ago everybody's been saying stone cold one more match one more match and it's about who the timing you know can you have a two-minute match sure but you as a fan um i know i know a lot of fans are more like i don't want i don't want to see the old guys no more i want to see the new guys i respect it but for you as a fan would you uh be happy to see stone cold come back for one possible match um and if so fantasy book it like who, who you know if stone cold was to come back it has to be for this guy this guy or this guy and it can't be no more than five minutes <laughs> Yeah, well, honestly, I don't know an answer to that question. I don't know if I want to see Stone Cold back. I mean, I would love to. It's not a no. It's not a no. It's not like where I've said here with Taker where I I honestly would rather he just retire at this point. He offers really nothing. But obviously with Stone Cold, we haven't seen him in action in almost 20 years. Um, The thing is, the reason I would really want to see Stone Cold match in addition to just, I mean, it's stone cold fucking steve austin right but not only that it's the fact that he himself and i listened to the podcast he seemed pretty confident that he could wrestle and he was like yeah and when i took that to mean when he said oh in theory yes i took that to mean he is capable physically of going in there and wrestling he's medically cleared or if he wanted to be he could because mm-hmm. i know at several points over the last five six seven years um he was not cleared he had injuries he had surgeries he couldn't do anything. I think there were talks of a punk Stone Cold match at one point years ago, mm. but either it just for whatever reason it never transpired. Stone Cold had so many surgeries; he missed Raw 1000 because of it. So, um, yeah. So, I, I at this point, right. if he's good to go, I'm not. He must be 50 something, right? Um, I'm gonna check right now. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think he could be up for it. I think if he thinks he's up for it, then I feel confident too. If he was like, oh, I don't know, and the company's kind of making me want to, and they're you know really paying me all this money to come back, I'd be like, no. If, if he doesn't think he can go, then I don't want to see him back. But if he thinks he can go and go in there, not for like a two minute squash, but like for a full, maybe not a full length match, not like twenty minutes, but 
I don't know. I really don't know who uh, the right person would be. Like AJ, I think would be cool, and not just because he stunned him on Raw a few weeks ago, but because I think AJ would be the best possible person to go in there and get the best possible match out of Stone Cold Steve Austin, even if he carried him to a decent match. You know, and honestly, I think it's one of those things too where Shawn Michaels. I think if he went back in the ring and faced AJ Styles, people have such high expectations. I think that's the reason why that match never happened and why Michaels didn't wrestle again after Crown Jewel was because people have such high expectations for a Shawn Michaels in-ring return for a singles match that he doesn't want to disappoint those people. With you know Stone Cold Steve Austin, he was never the greatest in-ring guy anyway. He never, you know, so it, it doesn't really matter. Um, if he went in there and got hurt within the first minute or so, like that's disappointing. But I think he would fare well for himself. He's in great shape. He looks good. Um, I I think he could. You know, honestly, there have been other points in the last number of years where um, there have been a lot of different points where he has said, no, I'm not coming back for another match. He would be very adamant about it. Mm -hmm. But he seemed pretty confident in that podcast that, hey, I could come back. And honestly, I, I might like I. It was interesting, so I could definitely see that being a possibility. Um, it would be cool to see it happen. I think that's the one last great in-ring return for WWE that would bring in a lot of business, the same way that The Rock did when he wrestled again for the first time in years and years back at WrestleMania 28. Um, I would love to see something along those lines, if only for like a short, quick program with a guy like an AJ Styles. I think it'd be cool because um, that rock match in WrestleMania 19 was a great way to go out. But unlike Shawn Michaels, um, we didn't know that was his last match. And he was also all beat up at that point. And he watched the match back on that podcast. He did commentary over it. And you can kind of tell that he knew that he was hurt, that he was kind of not leaving on the best of terms creatively in the ring. So um, to come back and kind of rectify that, go out on top would I think be amazing. But that's just me. Um, Stone Cold is 54 years old. Um, okay. I mentioned final match was 16 years ago, WrestleMania 19 against The Rock. Um, I think, you know, it, he could have a match, but it could be like a street fight. You know, he's not really in the ring. He could be outside just punching people and, and do one stunner and, and, and that's it. Um, as far as the new guys, AJ could be up there. Um, Roman Reigns could be up there. Um, trying to figure out who else would you know that I can like have a big billing with Stone Cold. As far as the the old guard, you can always bring the Rock back. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think you I don't think you put Stone Cold with with uh, with Brock. Um, no, definitely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> That's the one guy. That, no, <laughs> That's the one. No, no. Um, Triple H is always an option because they they go way back. Uh. Taker, yeah, that's still an option. Um, I'm trying to figure out who else from from today that would that you could put in the ring and be like, you could have a street fight. Um, Kevin Owens, because Kevin Owens took his fucking move. Might as well yeah, do that. That could work, yeah. Um, yeah, your boy Shane. You know, hey, it's it's out there. Like, yeah, hey, uh, Stone Cold versus Shane, and if I win, Shane got to you know leave the company or some shit like that. All right, street fight. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's very interesting. I think it, it caught me off guard that I heard that he feels uh, pretty good uh, to, to, to physically be in the ring. We don't know for how long, but for him to say I could have one more match is uh, is, is, is great to my ears. Remains mm-hmm. to be seen. Uh, you know how this you know how you know how this goes. But if Stone, if Stone Cold was to come back for for one more match, um, I'm all um, all for it. But um, 
what else we got also John Morrison is gonna apparently come back to the company he, he, he you know he hasn't been around for quite some time and yeah. you know Twitter was like oh man can't wait for John Morrison against uh, Gargano and JJ and Seth and this and that and I'm like oh you know, why don't you put Morrison against fucking Miz that's the story I mean that's right the there. most logical that's the 100%. most logical in the story right there like, you don't gotta build nothing it's right there in stone the Miz ain't doing nothing right now anyway um mm-hmm. Now, do you see Morrison coming back to the main roster, Raw SmackDown? Do you think they invigorate him into the NXT roster? And, and two, what do you make of just the news overall that John Morrison is, is uh, coming back? I think it's cool. I've always been a big Morrison guy. Um, he's really grown a lot since he was last in WWE. For anyone who has not been following his work since he left in 2011, have been really missing out. Um, I think the biggest knock on his you know, last run in WWE was the fact that his mic skills were shit. I mean, the guy could go in the ring. I think he kind of pales in comparison to a lot of the people they have now. I think he was so highly regarded 10 years ago because they didn't really have a lot of great wrestlers back in like 08, 09. Like, yeah, superstar, sure. But like in terms of in-ring ability, they didn't really have that too much back then. Morrison kind of stood out. And again, honestly, he was never a great wrestler wrestler. He was more of like a flashy, you know, aerial artist than he is like a, a, a you know, master technician, whatever. Um, but I don't think he would stick out a, a, like a sore thumb in, in 2019 in WWE. I think he would fit in very well with wherever they put him. Now, the thing is, um, and again, before I go any further, people do have to check out his work outside of WWE. Again, he's grown so much as a character. His in-ring ability has always been second to none. He's always been great in the ring. As a character and on the mic, he was always questionable. But then he went to Lucha Underground. He was there for the full time that the show ran for, the full four seasons. He was awesome over there. And then he had a really good run recently in Impact, where he won the world championship. Um, he had a great thing going as a heel um, earlier on in 2019. I think as a heel, he really found his footing both in Lucha and Impact. So hopefully he can be a heel at some point in WWE. I think they'll bring him back as a face because people will be excited to see him at first. Um, but down the road, a heel turn would be best. Um, the thing is, though, we had the same exact thing do two or three years ago with Shelton Benjamin. And like, oh, you know, Shelton Benjamin, great wrestler, great mm-hmm. to see him back. And I was very excited too what did they do with them they put him in a fucking tag team with chad gable cool cool on paper it was it was a fine idea in theory they did nothing with those guys broke him apart he was on his own after the draft last year after the shakeup. went on to do absolutely nothing absolutely nothing the guy's been a, a a fucking enhancement talent he's been another body on the roster and i would not be surprised if he wanted out of his contract and wanted to leave because they're not doing anything with him they have a lot of people under contract so it's not a case where oh don't sign this guy they already have too many people already they're not doing enough with i think he can have a real shot at superstardom the thing is is that when he left wwe not even five years ago but uh eight years ago at this point the idea was that he would be back at some point he left the door open for a return he was like okay i'll take some time off get my body you know backwards should be do some acting get better talking and stuff like that and then come back but then he never did because his acting career took off he went to lucha and did all this other stuff he went to triple a um you know he never came back now that he's out of impact, I thought he would go to AEW, to be honest with you. I thought they would kind of allow him more freedom with his acting, you know, his movie schedule, stuff like that. I guess he doesn't really care. You know, from interviews that he's done, I've always gotten the gist that he's wanted to come back to WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, it's now or never. He turns 40 in like two weeks. Mm-hmm. So if he doesn't come back now, he'll never come back. 
So I think now is as good of a time as any. They're freshening up the rosters right now. Um, what would be a good landing spot for him? You know, I didn't even think of NXT until I saw someone bring it up on Twitter, and I thought that would be an amazing idea. A lot of great matches there. Um, the same way that McIntyre. You know, did McIntyre have to go back to NXT when he first re-signed two years ago? Absolutely not. No. But I think that helped him in the long run because if he just came back on Raw, I feel like he would have been lost in the shuffle. But – when he went back to NXT, showed Vince and everyone else that, hey, look what I can do. Look what I improved upon while I was away from WWE because he went to Impact 2, had a great run over there as, a, as another former world champion and came back and killed it in NXT. He became NXT champion within months. Um, Morrison, I know, is older than McIntyre was when McIntyre came back a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But he's an established name. And NXT, not that they need more stars. I think they have another, they have enough stars as it is. Um, but they're, you know, currently sharing superstars from 205 Live and NXT UK to fill out the two hours, which I think is smart. But they might need more talent at some point. And if you're not going to bring in people from the main roster, like a, a Cesaro or someone like that, I think John Morrison would be the next best thing. And they could have him work with John. Gargano, like you said, Johnny Wrestling versus Johnny Wrestling, Adam Cole, maybe. Um, I think there's a very good chance, as someone brought up to me on Twitter yesterday, there's a very good chance he could re- uh, return on the SmackDown Fox premiere next week because they want to have a lot of big surprises. You know, The Rock may come back. I think that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, if they want a big debut or a big return to get people talking, John Morrison could be that guy. Um, he's not a huge name, but he's a notable name for anyone who's been watching WWE for any stretch of time. So, uh, yeah, I think NXT would be great. I think NXT might be the better option just so he can kind of re-familiarize himself with the WWE system and fans can kind of get used to him again and see what he can do in the ring. Um, but the main roster wouldn't be a bad idea either. The only issue that I have with that is the fact that I feel like he might get lost in the shuffle yeah. the same way that Shelton Benjamin did and all these other people do. Like, I mean, Rhino was never really going to be a top guy, but oh um, Shelton Benjamin, not to say he was ever going to become world champion finally in WWE when they brought him back, but he could have been at least an IC title contender, and they have done literally nothing with him. So hopefully the same does not become a Morrison, and he, he can kind of find the, the uh, single success that he didn't have the first time around in WWE years ago. Uh, yeah, man, I, I think is um, I'm happy for him. Um I think, you know, it wouldn't shock me if he debuts on NXT on Wednesday, knowing that that's the new war going on between them and AEW. Um, if he is the main roster guy, I wouldn't mind that, but I do agree he might get lost in the shuffle with everything everything that, that's, that's going on with Raw and SmackDown, especially on SmackDown on, on the debut on Fox. It's like, there's so much going on that then you plug in Morrison, they may not use him correctly, and you see recently when they bring cer- certain people back, it's like, ugh. Like, like Luke Harper was was, uh, was cool on, at the, uh, their pay-per-view Clash of Champions, but then Rusev comes back, and it's like, what the fuck was that? So um, I think he should... Him debuting on NXT on Wednesday could be cool. Um, I think that more than the main. I think eventually he'll get to the main roster at some point, and I think he should uh, feud with the Miz, and then and then and then get the match with AJ and Seth and and those, and those guys. Um, but since, since I mentioned the, the 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 wrestling era of the 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 ratings and stuff like that. Um, I saw Sean Ross Sapp on, on Twitter yesterday um, that he tweeted. I think I think he was joking. The fact that um, 
if the social media was around during the Monday Night War era, it might mm-hmm. might might not have been that good. I think he was joking around though. Um, so now we have a new war on Wednesdays. Social media is going to be used rampantly by the wrestlers and, and the performers and, and the actual uh, cable companies. Um, so if I ask you real quick, if social media was around in the Monday Night War era, and if I told you give me the top five moments that would quote unquote would have broken Twitter or Instagram with so with, with, with it, you know it being flooded with with mentions. What would be the five moments in the Monday Night War era that would have crashed Twitter? I think number one, mankind winning the championship because they spoiled that on Nitro beforehand. So you would have people like, oh, this fucking company. You know, imagine the outrage that social media would have embarked on after Eric Bischoff spoiled the main event of Raw, or Tony Schiavone, to be specific. Uh, The memes. I mean, it's a meme today, and it's been 20 years. But imagine the memes that would have come out of Twitter in 1999 with, oh, that'll put butts in the seats, after the... You know, the moment took place on Raw. Would it have been as big as it was in 99 um, when Mankind won the championship? Because not only that, it was taped back then, dude. That's why they spoiled it. So people would have known well in advance that he won the championship. Not only learning from Nitro, but a lot of people, there were some people that never watched Nitro. They didn't know they spoiled it. So um, would all those viewers have gone from Nitro to Raw if social media was a back, you know, was around 20 years ago? I don't know. That's that's what I'm kind of wondering right now. Um, not just that, but huh? Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot. But um, you okay. know, Bret Hart's promo yeah. on Raw before WrestleMania, what was it, 13? The heel promo when he went off on on uh, on the USA and, and you know, uh, the United States stuff like that. I thought that was an amazing moment. That okay. would have been like, holy shit! Like he's breaking the fourth wall. That's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. That obviously Montreal screw job. That would have mm-hmm. broken the internet. Yeah. Um, hmm. Uh, Stone Cold coming back maybe to help. I mean, I guess he helped Mankind win the championship that moment. But any Stone Cold related moments, I guess the beer the beer bash would have been awesome. Um, I think social media, honestly, twenty years ago would have had a bigger impact for the performers than it would have the fans. Just because, imagine all the dumb shit that wrestlers were doing twenty years ago, specifically Shawn Michaels. Could you imagine how quickly Shawn Michaels would have gotten fired if he had social media 20 years ago with all the dumb <laughs> shit he would have been putting online? Yeah. Honestly, like, imagine all the people in the Attitude Era from Nitro and WWE and Raw that were doing all this dumb stuff that would have gotten fired instantly with the shit they were doing back then. I think, honestly, I, I know, you know, with the fans and people complaining, yeah, it would have been different, but I think it, the Attitude Era would have looked a hell of a lot more different than it did um, if social media was around and the performers had access to Twitter. Um, Stone Cold may not have become the superstar that he did if he was doing dumb stuff back then and you know the fact that he walked out on Raw, maybe he would have voiced his frustration sooner on Twitter and he would have, he would have quit sooner than he did. I don't know. You know, uh, I don't know if The Rock would have gotten in any trouble, but people like that, like I, I think about that all the time. I'm like, wow, how different would have would WWE and just wrestling in general have been? You know, how much different would it have been 20 years ago uh, with the superstars specifically and what they could have and not have gotten away with? Um, even if the world wasn't as you know PC or whatever sensitive as it is today, you gotta know that all the dumb shit they were doing back then would have been um, not tolerated whatsoever in terms of like uh, as far as as they would go with certain stuff. Um, but things getting spoiled with Raw being taped a lot back then. Um, I don't know if the ratings would have been as high as they were or 
I don't know, you know, certain reports like, oh, you know, there was a report that Bret Hart hasn't resigned and, you know, they're going to fuck him over at the pay-per-view. Stuff like that, uh-huh. I think, would have been a lot different than it is today. It, it's really amazing to think about. I think for me, I, I'm going to I'm gonna take a chance. And I, I, while you're talking, I, I wrote down a couple things that I feel like would have had Twitter buzzing in that, in that era. So if Twitter was around during the Monday Night War era, I think these five events... Again, I might be missing a couple, but just, you know, bear with me. I got, obviously, Hulk Hogan joining the NWO, right? Okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that, of See, course. Yeah, you forgot about that. Um, I'm thinking WWE, but yeah. Uh, the Montreal Screw Job. Of course. Um, the Mike Tyson and Stone Cold stuff. Yep. Um, Goldberg beating Hogan on Nitro. Ooh, that would have been big, yeah. Mm. And my number five, it can change, but right now, um, I got Chris Jericho debuting on Raw. Okay, that would have been a big one. I think it might have been spoiled in advance. You think so? Um, you know, with rumors like, oh, Jericho left WCW, he set to debut. Like, without promos and, like, the, the Jericho count, I mean, people already knew it was him. But obviously, with the reaction that he received that night in Chicago, um... But still, I think it would have been, I don't know. I don't know if it would have been watered down if people knew that he was coming back. Like, we know John Morrison's coming back now. How much cooler would it have been if we didn't know that? You know, and he just showed up on SmackDown next week. Like, holy shit, that's John Morrison, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, That very rarely happens nowadays. So, uh, but yeah, those moments would have absolutely broken the internet 20 years ago. If it's not Jericho, something along the lines of like, you know, when, when they brought in Rodman and Malone, from the NBA to come in and fight at the the, the bash at the beach, or when when Rodman joined the N- when when Rodman joined the NWO could be another top five social media moment if that was around back then. Definitely, hundred mm-hmm. percent. I mean, everything that was going on back then, there were there were so many big moments. It's hard to count to. Um, but I mean, with social media, I think it would have looked a lot different than it did today. Then, then we remember it being, you know, with the impact that it had and people talking about it and maybe it would have been even bigger than it is, um, than it ended up being with social media. We'll never know, but I think everything happens for a reason. And I'm kind of glad that social media wasn't back, you know, wasn't around back then. Cause I think it would have spoiled a lot of different moments. Yeah, I, I I think I think the top two is Hogan and W.O. and I think the Montreal School Job. I think those because mm-hmm. one Hogan's a bad guy. Two Montreal, they still blurred the lines of whether that was a work. If it's not, did Bret Hart really know about it? Did Shawn Michaels, you know, did he know about was you know what was going on? The whole McMahon character going on, but. Uh, I, I think it, it, it would have been cool, man. You know, back then, all you had was, yeah, you had the internet, but it was just like articles online. You had you had fucking AOL still there. You had AIM and all this stuff going on. So it wasn't the only way to watch it is watching it live on TV. There's no DVRs. There's no YouTube at the time. You got, you know, a couple of search engines weren't around back then. So in that era, you really had to watch it live or tape it in one room and watch it later on. Now yep. we're just, everything is easy and accessible, man. DVRs, I could tape this here. You, you said it earlier. I'm going to tape NXT and watch AEW live and I'm going to get my news on my phone and YouTube and stuff like that. So, I think it would have been cool to have that back in the days, man, because so many, so many um, 
you know water cooler type arguments would you know would would have been happening um online but um I can't wait for it to be happening on Wednesdays because that, 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 that's the new social media era for the, for the wars. And, we, you know, we're going to see how the fans are going to pick a side. Again, they don't really have to. It's just wrestling. But we're going to see um, what happens starting Wednesday, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be an exciting week in the world of wrestling for AEW. The The entire week should be great. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what AEW brings to the table. And NXT, too. NXT is really going to have their have to bring their best, as they have been in recent weeks, yeah. to uh, combat AEW. I'm sure those ratings will only decrease. I know they've gotten over a million viewers the last two weeks. That'll not be the case next week. I guarantee you of that. And it's a shame because um, it's a great show, but you know, if AEW sprouting up, they need viewers too. And a lot of people, myself included, will watch one over the other. But um, yeah, it should be a great time. It's a great time for wrestling right now. It should be an awesome night of wrestling on Wednesday night specifically. Last one. Should we take anything um, like if NXT beats AEW in the rating or if AEW beats NXT in the rating? I know it's the first head-to-head match but did should we take anything from that um not really just because nxt has been around for a long time i know they just debuted on tv two weeks ago but they're an established brand so i expect nxt to win in the ratings they're on a i don't know what the bigger network is and what gets more higher viewership between USA and TNT, I'm not 100% sure. I think USA does, but I might be wrong. Um, and USA is an established wrestling network with Raw and recently SmackDown having been on there for so long. Um, you know, it, it makes sense for them to do really, really well. For AEW, they're an all-new company. Um, you know, the word has been out there about the show for months, but if they don't pop a rating right now, like a, over a million viewers, that's not a big deal. Mm. Like they're only going to build off of whatever number. As long as they don't go down, you know, long term, that's really all that matters. They need to, you know, get people hooked on their product. And a lot of people may not check it out after hearing good things about it. There's a lot of people I'm sure that are like, oh, I'm not checking out this shit. Who cares? Whatever. <clears throat> I think everyone should be willing to give it a chance. But there's there could be some people who are like, I'm not going to watch it until I know that it's good or worth my time. And after good things start to come out of it and they get more buzz and more buzz and more buzz, then maybe they'll start to tune in and they can and then AEW can build off of the viewership they already had at the premiere. So um, I imagine they'll get you know, I've heard people say 500,000, 600,000. I, I could see that. That's probably what I'm imagining, um, especially for a Wednesday night show. It's not like it's prime time on a Monday or a Thursday, which I think are the biggest days for TV, I think, anyway, Tuesdays too. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I think NXT will win, um, not by like over a million viewers or some shit, but I think both shows will do well. And, you know, from an entertainment standpoint, both shows should be a lot of fucking fun because you know they want to pull out all the stops to make people want to tune into their show it's no different than i think the last time honestly we really had something like this was on the first monday of 2010 when raw because you know they say they used to say all the time oh impact's not a threat they're not a threat yeah well they really went they really went all out with that first show of 2010 to you know when they went head to head with impact which Mm -hmm. went live on mondays and you know which was a dumb idea for impact because (laughs) they got that big rating night one they got over a million viewers too um probably even more than that 
and then you know it, it plummeted from there. But they went all out too. They brought in Hogan. They brought in RVD, or not off the bat, but they brought yeah. in Jeff Hardy, and they did Nash, a title change yeah, and yeah. all this other shit. You know, um, so yeah, so I, I'm expecting a big show, and that was the last time we really had something as exciting as that. And that was you know that was during DVR, but yeah. I remember like tuning in one or the other. I'm like, holy shit, which one am I gonna watch? You know, that was cool. <laughs> Because I wasn't around for the Attitude Era. I don't. I have never really experienced something like that before. Mm. And I know we have social media now. I could very well just like watch one on my TV, then like put the other one on my laptop or <clears throat> iPad or whatever. But you know, honestly, I'd rather devote all my attention to one show or the other. So to go full circle here, like I said earlier, I'm watching AEW on Wednesday and I'll watch NXT right afterward. I say one thing, man. You definitely missed out on the Attitude Era. Of oh, I know. I'm well aware. You yeah, no, that's probably my biggest regret as a wrestling fan. I, <laughs> I wouldn't change anything. I'm glad I started watching when I did, just mm-hmm. because um, you know I have, I have different viewpoints, stuff like that, just different perspective and whatever. But um, if there's any one thing I would go back and wish I was around for, it's absolutely the Attitude Era, just to experience the excitement that you guys felt, you know, 20 years ago. Mm. Graham Matthews, always a pleasure, man. Great work that you do on Bleacher Report. He's on Twitter at WrestleRant. Um, big week coming up, premiere week, and I guess we got to figure out what day or what days we're going to do the show, how we're going to uh, invigorate Friday Night SmackDown, because I think we do the shows on Thursdays. But uh, I know we'll figure it out. Lots to talk about next week, and also we got the Raw, the NXT, the AEW, the SmackDown. We got Hell in a Cell next week. So, um, as a fan, go out there and enjoy it. Enjoy the new Wednesday Night War. And I hope that every fan can can watch and really just kind of take in what we see, you know? Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully people can just enjoy it and not say like, oh, let's go AEW, fuck NXT. Or like, let's go NXT, fuck AEW. Like, that's not necessary. Who that's gives gonna a happen. shit? So what? Let it happen. Go ahead. <sighs> I think it's so it's so annoying, but... <laughs> Just just watch the shows and just enjoy it as a fan. Like if we had that 20 years ago with Raw and with Nitro, I can only imagine how, how bad it would have been, you know, it, when you know when you were watching it and stuff like that. But thankfully, looking back now, we, ne- we didn't really have that type of stuff, so which is cool. Now we do, but uh, I'm just here to support all of wrestling. That's what I'm here for. All I'm saying is the more competition you have, the better you'll do. I think competition is great, but just tearing down your competition, I don't think is necessary. But that's just me. That's yeah. just me. Graham Matthews, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, Randy. I'll talk to you next week. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. Adios. All right.